0: Hosted always, besides one episode, by (laughs) myself, Jarvis, and my wonderful co-host,
1: Nisha. Thanks again for joining us and coming back for the 16th time to our loyal listeners. We've actually got a pretty special episode for you guys tonight. We are going to be having an interview with a big footy fan and friend of mine, Nigel Appleboom, so we'll get to that a little bit later on. But first, how's your week been?
0: Um, I've been, I've been busy. <laughs> you
1: have been busy. <laughs> Would you like to tell us what you've been up to?
0: Um, so wrestling Friday, Saturday, um, between that and also work, I've shot my voice. So it's recovering <laughs> a little bit still. So I'm a bit croaky. Yes. Um, if
1: he sounds a little bit, uh, I don't know how to describe it other than croaky. And you yeah. said that, um,
0: <laughs> but <laughs> he yeah, sounds um,
1: a bit bleh, that's why.
0: Yeah. So Friday was a bit of fun, uh, faced Andy Walker. He's a good mate. Well, um, well, was a good man to like kicked him in the head pretty hard <laughs> twice. Um and then yeah, Saturday we had our little thing, um, with Jake Taylor, so that was pretty fun as well. I got <laughs> my neck is hurting still from that. <laughs> same with my chest, actually. Not surprised. It actually, yeah, still really. If hurts. any of
1: you are actually keen to see what all this wrestling stuff is about, Jarvis does share a bit of content via his Instagram, which is always in the description. So yeah, you're welcome or, to jump over y- to that.
0: Or you can go on Facebook and look at uh, Jarvis Professional Wrestler. I think I, I named the page again <laughs> uh, on Facebook, and then Cheeky also on Twitter. Plug. <laughs> and then on Twitter, you can also find me on the same username as the uh, the Instagram. Um, But yeah, and then obviously um, leading up into all this is going to be the 12th of June at Carnage. I'm going to face George Kendo for the Slam Championship.
1: Very exciting.
0: Um, Hopefully I bring it home, but who knows yet. (laughs) Have to see what happens on the day, obviously. Um, But yeah, besides that, it's been a bit of a bit of a hectic week as always for me. Mm. Um, But yeah, how's your week been?
1: My week's been pretty good actually. I had some light downtime on Saturday just to sit with the footy on and get some assignments done. And by assignments, I mean assignment. I only got one done, but that's fine. It's better than nothing. Was
0: well, your big one anyway? So that's it fine. was a
1: big one. Um, and then I got to go to the footy on Sunday and watch the Blues get defeated by Melbourne. But that's still okay. a great day out. Um, they are
0: undefeated, so there's no harm in it. No, they exactly. Have, and and I everyone. rest
1: easy knowing that. You know, five out of our six losses are teams that we probably should have lost to in anyway. Richmond, Port Dogs, um, Dogs D's, and Lions. Yeah, so that's like. And then top Collingwood six. was probably the side that we should have. Run yeah, over. but
0: that's also like the first. That's first game, So We don't won. like winning in the first two yeah, rounds. You don't like winning in the first two quarters anyway, as well. So. <laughs> There's that.
1: We actually stuck with Melbourne in the first two quarters and then disappeared after that. So we might have changed our game plan and Maybe, it still yeah.
0: sucks. So. <laughs> Maybe you hit the Uno, Uno reverse card. <laughs> just like, nah, not the first two. We do with the last two now.
1: Yeah. All right. Well, hopefully we can somehow piece it all together one day. One day. We're going to get straight into top footy moments now. I'm going to go first. And I feel yeah. like Jarvis is going to be pretty yeah. happy with my decision. She it does hasn't. come out of uh, the dogs game. Now... I I almost am choosing this, not even based off just this round alone, but um, just based off of his current form. And it has to go to one and only Jack McRae, the biggest ball magnet in the competition. Now, would you believe that he has had over 30 disposals in the first nine rounds? Yeah, you've seen that stat. I know you have. (laughs) I know everyone has. But how bloody good do you have to be? Just rack up that many disposals. Now, he went at 70% over the weekend, which is not that bad when you're getting, you know, 32 disposals, um, 18 kicks, 14 handballs. So, good on Jack. I think that deserves to be recognized. Yeah. Um, and I can't do Eddie Betts' goal for, like, the third week in a row. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Um, if I was going to do a goal, I'd give an honorable mention to Cozy Pickett on the weekend. He put on a bit of a show for the Melbourne fans. But... Mm. Yeah, just wanted to acknowledge Jack McRae. Probably could have done it on a week where he got 40-plus, but um, nine, 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 nine weeks rounds, above, yeah. above 30 is a, is a good enough achievement to make I my mean, top 40 moment.
0: Well, even that, and then you got Tom Liberatore having like the most clearances as well. I think mm. it was like 12-plus or something like that, like yeah. 14 clearances. That's a
1: good good so. stat. What have you got, Jarves?
0: Yeah, so my uh, top 40 moment um, is... Uh, coming from what was it the it was the Friday night game night, or no Saturday, Saturday night Saturday night Richmond sorry JWS wow you it's like you knew what I was going to choose or something <laughs> like that my gosh we
1: do, um, do we do have like a somewhat of a team meeting before <laughs> and by team meeting I mean just us two <laughs> here being yeah. like what should my top footy <laughs> moment be um,
0: yeah it's going to come by Dusty Martin now obviously he had a uh, a ripper of a game he had twenty I think twenty eight disposals was that correct? yeah twenty eight just but it was pretty poor deficiency. But it it's not what he did with the disposals besides these four major goals that kind of put um, Richmond back in the lead, especially in that last term. Um, not only did he uh, kick that last goal, he also kicked out an umpire's shoulder. But we'll get to that in a second. We
1: will get to um, that. Nah, in in that game, it was just crucial that someone stood up and, yeah. and actually hit the scoreboard because... Uh, you know, without those four goals, they would not have won that game. Without no. Dusty just racking up disposals, they yeah. would not have won that game. And I think GWS might have been a bit unlucky with some some umpiring calls, but you've got to take what you get in Richmond, I mean, obviously, just took it when they saw it.
0: I mean, if, you know, Toby Green was good enough, he would have done the same thing, but he's not. So, you know, there's that.
1: <laughs> Toby Green's pretty bloody good, but uh, we'll leave that up to listener discretion, I guess. All right.
0: Yeah, so leading on to that, we'll go into our top, uh, not top for you, moment. Top our first new story. Stories. Our first news story, and it is the fact that Dusty Martin has kicked out a goal umpire. Uh, I wouldn't say kicked ump-
1: out is not the right expression, but um, he's, he's more like out. bowled over. Yeah, bowled
0: over, popped <laughs> out. Um, so, yeah, the goal umpire uh, that was judging the uh, last Dusty Martin uh, goal... Mm. Uh, as thus he's run in to try to get this over the line he's whacked the goal umpire and the goal umpires reached and landed like arm straight up into the ground that's dangerous and it's popped straight out you can see straight away that he (laughs) that he couldn't move it so um obviously we had to get a a new goal umpire out there to do it's always important to have those
1: emergency umpires out there (laughs)
0: that's it exactly
1: um, no, definitely, uh, interesting, you don't always see <laughs> no. umpires going off and needing a medical sub to come on, <laughs> but, um, you have seen it a couple times in the past. It's obviously an occasion where umpire had to be stretched off due to a collision with a player and Lovely. another occasion where an umpire was kicked in the face with the ball and the sunglasses he was wearing actually cut his, his eye open and he needed uh, to go off the ground. And I think the, uh, the medicals from the Gold Coast Suns actually helped him out, so... Yeah. We do need our umpires as much as sometimes we think we don't. We do need them. So glad they had a spare on hand.
0: (laughs) Yeah, definitely so. Uh, On to the next one.
1: On to the next one. On to the next
0: one. Well, this next one hits both of us pretty hard. Do you want to go through the first first blow to you guys?
1: I will. Within Uh the first. (laughs)
0: What was that, a laugh? <laughs> it wasn't a laugh I just made a noise because again my voice is very mm. croaky it's probably the deepest you'll ever hear my voice I
1: think. <laughs> within the first oh, like literally two minutes of the game against <laughs> Melbourne uh, David Cunningham Cunningham <laughs> Why do I just do this? I make myself sound so much more posh than I actually am. David Cunningham project something? went up for um, a marking contest and he came down, landed super awkwardly on that knee. And he it has come out just a couple hours ago that he has ruptured his ACL. Yep. And we all know what that means. That's a good 12 months out of the game. And as a 24-year-old oh, wow. probably coming into the prime where you just really want him to play some footy, it is... Couldn't have come at a worse time for him. He he really genuinely is a talented player that's had a really tough tough run with injuries so far, and this obviously just adds to those troubles. But you know he's got he's got some good blokes around him. He's got uh Caleb Marchbank who's going through uh, ACL as well. Yeah. Um Sam Doherty obviously went through those back to back years of ACLs, so he's got people around him he can reach out to for support, but. It's not what you want to see for the game, is it? No,
0: it isn't. No, no, no. Not at no all. No more ACLs. <laughs> I wish that was just easier said than done, Yeah,
1: eh? no, definitely shout out to anyone who's recovering from an ACL surgery so right now. You know who you are. She's probably not listening. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um,
0: secondly, uh, the second injury to hit, um, well, kind of the major injuries that it's a long-term effect for the dogs at least is going to be um, Easton Wood now he's mm. had a history of hamstring issues. Um, Hasn't he ever. So he's going to be out for another four to six weeks from a moderate grade injury, from the, of the hamstring that is. Um, he pretty much got injured within the first quarter. Great, these first quarters, am I right? Mm. <laughs> um, Very when, dangerous. When accelerating into a contest, um, he kind of strained his hamstring and you could see it straight away on his face and he knew exactly what happened He went to the bench put on the jumper end of the first quarter he's like yeah it's, it's done for a few weeks oh, <laughs> um, but well yeah. Mitch
1: McGovern from Carlton last week he's done a 10-week hammy so oh uh, God love his work love his well, work and his his partner's just had a child so well uh,
0: the, the question I have for this hell. now and I want to kind of I think I've raised you before Eastern Wood is getting on to his later years mm. at the football. Do you reckon once his contract is expires, which I don't know when his contract does, but with all these hamstring issues, do you think he'll be done after this this season or whenever yeah. he Look, he soft done? tissue
1: injuries are, are the telltale sign for, you know, players that are aging, you see them, you know, get pulled out with soreness more regularly than you do in the prime of their career around their their, you know, mid to late twenties, they're they're up and about every week. But as they do get a bit older, those soft inju- tissue injuries come in, you know, to fruition a little bit more and they do struggle. They really do struggle through the, the end of their careers sometimes. So you don't want to see a player go out like that. So sometimes you question whether it's better for them to just quit a little bit while they're ahead, yeah. go out on a high, knowing that they you know, put out the best football that they possibly can and their body's just not going to hold up anymore. But honestly, I think it depends what the club looks like and – And who they've actually got for his role if he's still able to perform a role for you guys then then maybe it is worth giving him another you know one year and just putting him on one years until he wants to call time but you know these these hammies sometimes they do have a short recovery period so he he will probably get to come back and prove his worth I guess through the back end of the season if all goes well Yeah, um, I, feel like know, I, I feel like I haven't really answered your question rather no, than I mean, just fleshed it out a bit more
0: Yeah, well, I mean, you know, ultimately he,
1: he's been a great player for your club yeah, captained your premiership I, in 2016 and you yeah. don't want to see him go out via injury so hopefully he comes back and plays a bit more good for you I'm,
0: I'm sure he'll play out the rest of the season he's only out for six weeks so it'll have been before the end of the season at least but I feel like if you know he were to retire today I feel like Crozier will fill that position quite easily. He's the kind of same type of player I think Wood is. Uh, mm-hmm. And because Crozier's it's a bit younger. a floating younger, half, half high,
1: high, High deep back. Like, he stays quite back.
0: But then but also, 100%. is like your intercept mark and will always go on for a contest. And always you, floating. And you can always see Crozier do that and he always puts his body in the line, which I guess kind of helps when he's a bit more youthful than Wood. Uh, but yeah, anyway, on to the next one.
1: On to the next one. So we've got um, probably one match review that has been a little bit more interesting than the others and it comes out of the north melbourne north melbourne's first victory over the hawks a very exciting one for all those north fans out there i was
0: really hoping you um, tipped to hawthorn last week though by the way
1: no i i was feeling north but i actually did tip hawks in my other tipping competition yeah silly. so rookie mistake Yeah, I
0: know. but
1: yeah on monday night obviously last week i was i was feeling you know the good vibes for north anyway um some bad news to come out of that game most m- not too bad but um Taryn Thomas from North Melbourne has been charged with engaging in rough conduct against um, CJ from Hawthorne. and during the first quarter, he um, yeah that was when that occurred. In summary, he can accept a one-match sanction with an early plea. However, North are uh, hoping to get this um, this charge overturned and have him bat for next week. He's obviously you know one of their. Best twenty two one hundred percent. So you want him in the side when um, you know North have what could be a winnable contest against the Bombers on the weekend. It's it's definitely uh, not out of the question. Uh. It's not out of the question. You know I think I'm going to tip the Bombers, but we'll get <laughs> yeah. to that later on. But you still want your best foot forward in a game yeah. where you where you have a chance. I'm not, I'm not ruling them out one hundred percent against the Bombers. Bombers are too too. Inconsistent yeah, to, to you what they're even going to bring. It. So um, yeah, yeah, I think that they're definitely going to really push for you know Thomas to be available for selection. And
0: and it's possible. I don't know what exactly happened because I wasn't. I haven't seen the the footage of the incident. But there's a definite. You know, if you've got a case, and you know, obviously most teams know. Like, okay, we can probably try to get something out of here. So we've seen it in the past. We can probably mm. see it again. We'll probably see it down the line as well. So
1: definitely. excuse me alright so what we've got up next we've got our interview with my good friend Nigel Afflebrim so please stick around and listen to that it's very insightful thoroughly enjoyed just questioning him on a couple of controversial points about the game Um, so please stick around for that Welcome onto the show, Nigel. Thank you so much for joining us on After the Siren podcast. Now, for all the listeners that don't know, Nigel's is one of my really good friends and um, we've kind of bonded over footy, so I'm really pumped to have him on the podcast today. Um, how are you, Nigel?
2: I'm doing really well. Thanks, Nisha. Uh, thank you for having me. Long time fan and admirer of your work and your podcast.
1: Thank you very much. I feel a little bit um, overwhelmed with that response. Um, We'll get straight into some questioning so our listeners can, I guess, find out a little bit about you. So, firstly, I'd love to know how you kind of got into the game of AFL, what made you fall in love or find a passion for it, and also what team you support for our listeners that don't know.
2: All right. So, I support uh, Carlton Football Club, unfortunately. Um, so from a young age, I guess, growing up in a, in a footballing household sort of didn't, didn't have much of a choice. Um, dad used to take me to the footy a lot as a kid. Um, but I didn't really start kind of following it closely until I was about 10 years old. Um, I did Oz kick as well from a young age. So that kind of, you know, um, that was sort of my first taste of, you know, of playing footy, I guess. Um, however, I, I sort of stopped pretty quickly after that and, uh, just became a viewer
1: Very nice. And which team do you follow? Uh, Carlton. Carlton, similar to me, kind of got roped in through the family, I suppose.
2: Absolutely, yes, unfortunately.
1: (laughs) Unfortunately, fortunately, maybe in a few years' time. What's your take on the Blues this season so
2: far? Um, I think overall there's been some improvements. Um, However, I think ultimately when you look at it, you know, being three and six going into round ten probably isn't where us Carlton fans thought we would be. Uh, having said that, though, you know, four, uh, five of the six losses coming against you know quality opposition and you know top six teams, <laughs> um, the Collingwood loss probably stung quite, quite hard. You know, given where they're they're at right now. Um, but overall, I think there are some positives that we can take away. Um, our scoring obviously has been, you know, a major factor um, this season, whereas in previous seasons we haven't been able to score. Um, but again, you know, our, our defensive system and structures just aren't seem to getting, they don't seem to be getting the job done at the moment.
1: Mm, definitely have to agree with that. Um, but I do feel slightly better knowing that the teams, or as you said, five out of the six teams that have beaten us are really quality opposition. So probably games that we weren't expected to win, Um with the exception of probably that match against the Bulldogs, we probably should have or, or could have really, you know, made a statement there and put ourselves in a position where we could have, but um, obviously couldn't in the end. Um, what is the best thing about the modern game of football in your opinion?
2: Well, the best thing about the modern game of football, I'd probably have to say as of right now, um, I think the the – the way footy's played this season, I think it's definitely, you know, something that all of us footy fans have sort of missed and been deprived of actually in, in recent times. You know, you just you think back to 2019, 18, 17, just the way footy was played, it was very slow, dour. You know, teams would be flooding back in large numbers. There wouldn't be high scoring games. Whereas now I think, you know, this season and with the with the standing on the mark rule, the the rule change, I think it's opened the game up quite a bit and we're seeing the footy sort of ping end-to-end. In some games, we get really high-scoring games, but at the same time, we're still getting some low-scoring games. But I think, ultimately, the, the game itself is is much more entertaining and it's a better product than what it's been in, pre, in previous
1: years. Yeah, definitely suiting the, the viewers and the fans a lot more with a, a bit more fast-paced, high-energy games. Um, kind of seen quite a few teams adopt uh, Richmond's, you know, 2017 style of, of football of just... You know, pressure around the ball and and moving it as quickly as possible forward.
2: Yeah, absolutely. I think um, when you look at, when you look at it at the moment, the teams that play fast and 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 an exciting brand of football, being you know Western Bulldogs, Melbourne, uh, Richmond, even Geelong as well. Now, I think you know those are the teams that obviously seem to be doing extremely well, uh, given their position on the ladder and their, and their win loss record. But I think you know each each and every team they, they strive you know, to, to be the best they can. And also, you know, given it's a copycat league, you know, if you want to be the best, you sort of got to play like the best. And I think that's something that a lot of teams now trying to to replicate.
1: Yeah, that's definitely a good point you make there. Uh, Next question. In your opinion, what is the biggest issue the AFL is currently facing? And if you were Gil, what would you do to try and fix it and resurrect the resurrect that issue?
2: All right, so I think the biggest issue right now is probably concussion and the way in which you know, the MRO, um, in particular Michael Christian, um, is sort of instructed or is allowed to um, judge each, each, each incident on its merits. Um, I think there needs to be sort of tighter um, and more kind of... Um, I think players need to be held sort of responsible for their actions that if you choose to bomb. And you get your opponent high. It's a minimum two, three weeks. I, th- I think the penalties need to become a lot harsher now, so we can take stamp that action out of the game. Now, mm. if you elect to bump your opponent and you get them in the head, you, you, you're going to miss two games of football minimum. Um, because I think at the moment we're still seeing far too many incidents of players every weekend almost, you know, electing to bump when they should be either tackling or you know they, they don't need to bump. In, in certain cases. So I think that um, that Michael Christian needs to be given the directive that, okay, if a player bumps and, you know, he collects his opponent high, minimum two weeks, um, if their play is concussed, then maybe it's a three to four-week suspension. So I think concussion is probably the, the biggest issue right now in the game.
1: So you think that they almost need to set out a a very specific criteria that teams can't come back and and try and um, argue their way out of, you know, suspensions that have caused uh, or come as a result of another player getting concussed. They need to really set firm criteria as to this is two weeks, this is three weeks and you can't really argue against and they just have to set that standard.
2: Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And I think, you know, we've been having this conversation for numerous years now and as we start to understand more um, and, you know, the evidence continues to pile up surrounding concussion and, you know, what it does to players, you know, post football and, and, you know, and for the remainder of their life, you know, it's not something any player should ever have to have to live with um, the ramifications from, you know, from, from sustaining, you know, even a single concussion during their playing time. So I, I think, that ultimately the penalties have to be greater. So, you know, we can protect the player who puts his head over the ball and, you know, we're not we're not having the same conversation in 10 to 15 years' time and the AFL doesn't have, you know, a multi-million dollar lawsuit on their hand.
1: Mm, definitely. You've seen, especially this year with um, the specific concussion rule, if a player is, um, you know, suffers a concussion, they have to take the following week off as well. 12 days is now the rule um, if they're going to set that rule in place for the people suffering from concussion, I definitely agree with you that some consequence has to go to the player who, um, who you know, causes that, uh, that outcome. So I definitely agree with you there. Um, do you think it could become a little bit, you know, complicated trying to set exactly, you know, those rules? Because there are definitely instances where it's, you know, a – potentially um, two players from the same team have a clash and one player comes off worse or, um, you know, two players, uh, it's a complete accident and, you know, both players maybe come off with similar injuries. You know, what happens in those instances where, you know, it's maybe not within the normal constraints and, and wouldn't fit a specific criteria?
2: So it's a very good point. I think we can be very sort of um, distinct in the way in which we approach this. Um, if, you know, if accidents do happen on the football field, you know, if, if two players are going for the same ball, they both have their head over the ball and it's an accidental clash of heads, like we saw a few weeks ago with um, with Joel Selwood and uh, and Ryan Mansell from Richmond. Uh, Mansell puts his head over the ball using poor technique and Joel Selwood turns his body and collects Mansell in the head. I mean, that's, you know, at, right, rightly seen by Michael Christian. He had a look at it and said, nope, there's nothing untoward here. The action that we need to stamp out and that we must stamp out is the one where a player who's putting his head over the ball or going for the football is then bumped by his opposition play because that player one doesn't want to tackle or two sees the opportunity that, okay, I can just, you know, I can stick my, I can go in with my shoulder and, and, and try and attack the ball that way. So I think that's, that's the sort of action that we need to, we need to eradicate from the game. And then that just comes from, being extremely harsh on the players to choose to do that. And unfortunately there, there will be a few, but I think it's something that the AFL can instigate and also can um, can look to introduce perhaps maybe you know in the back half of this season or even before the start of the next season that they come out in Gill, Steve Hawking, Michael Christian, they come out the call a press conference and they make they make a make a statement in regards to, you know, the the penalties and ramifications that if you choose to bump. That's it. You're getting two, three weeks if you know if you collect your opponent high.
1: Mm, I definitely think the AFL have have taken steps towards you know trying to uh, resolve this issue, particularly making a point of Dangerfield earlier in the season. I think it was Round One against the Crows where he chose to bump on Jake Kelly, and uh, obviously Jake Kelly suffered a concussion, was stretchered off from that match, and Danger cop three weeks. So that was definitely a statement. But you'd like to see them just you know hold that. You know, standard throughout the season and not just try and make a statement of one player and then kind of let the rule go a little bit as the season goes on, which the AFL definitely can tend to do with certain rules, whether it be the holding of the ball rule or a rule of seriousness, concussion. So... Um, we might leave that one there. Now, before we get to our last question, on this podcast, we always pick our top footy moments. So I was going to put you on the spot a little bit and just see if you can come up with your top footy moment from last round, round nine.
2: Oh, okay. Top footy moment. I I would probably have to say it was Cosie Pickett's crumming goal against Carlton on Sunday at the MCG. I had a perfect view of that, mm, um, yeah. sitting you know, directly behind him on level four, um, just saw him rove it off the pack, a little quick sidestep and then a nice little triple kick straight through the middle. And yes. um, I think that was a pretty special moment.
1: That's actually quite funny because I've put um, Cozzy Pickett as an honourable mention, but I, I didn't quite want to go with that one as my top footy moment. So I'm glad you have and he's getting a bit of credit where credit's due. Um, he's got such great goal sense. I think he's going to provide us with many, many highlights in his career. All right. We might get onto this last question and that is which team is your pick for premiers and which team is your pick for the wooden spoon this year and why?
2: All right. So premiers, I think will be the Western Bulldogs. Um, I think mm, they should- Don't let
1: Jarvis hear that. <laughs> <laughs>
2: I think today, uh, they showed on Saturday night that they can do it both, you know, at the MCG, but also, you know, in, at a hostile uh, venue, you know, be it at the Adelaide Oval, which, you know, you can make a case for. It's, it's the hardest place to go away and, and win at. Um, and, and they they took it up to Port, you know, for four quarters. Um, credit to Port, they fought back in the second quarter. But, you know, the Bulldogs were just too strong, too tough and too good in the end. And I, I think that sort of win sort of stamps them. As you know as a team that can go all the way this year so they're, they're my prim- they're my tip for the premiers this year um and for the wooden spoon I think currently I, I think it will be Hawthorne as things stand I know they're they've they've won two games this year um, and everyone's sort of you know defaulting to North Melbourne but I think North have still a lot of upside and they still have a lot of good players to come back in whereas I think Hawthorne as it stands are, are quite are pretty much at full strength um, and I can't see them getting any better in terms of personnel. So where does that leave them on field? Well, they're not really playing a brand of football that really excites or, or, or shows you know, shows signs where the youngsters you know are, are putting on good performances or showing glimpses here and there. But I, I think they're going to they're struggle um, for the remainder of the year, Hawthorne. And I think the noise and, and the talk surrounding Alex, Alistair Clarkson and what his future looks like will be a major distraction for them moving forward.
1: Yeah, it does seem like Clarko's been there for a bloody long time at this stage, and you wonder how much longer he can hold on. Um, it's probably going to be best for the club uh, to see him move on and get some fresh leadership in and, and a fresh set of eyes, because uh, clearly what, what Clarko's you know preaching and, and what he's used to and he's falling back on his, his morals. He hasn't seemed to adapted to this new fast game all too well. Um, no, I definitely agree with some of those points. I might, you know, you could definitely argue a case for obviously Melbourne, Melbourne for premiers. Um, that's probably the other obvious choice. Um, but I actually wouldn't mind seeing a, a, a dogs, uh, versus Melbourne grand, grand final. They do play two times this season. So, uh, hopefully we can get a couple of previews as to who might be premiers from those two clashes.
2: Absolutely. And oh, I think they, they, correct me if I'm wrong, but they play each other in in a fortnight and uh, it'd be all being, you know, that game being at Marvel. And then we get to have a look at them playing again at the MCG later on this year. So yeah, that's it'll, be, it'll be a great, a great game. Um, you know, and oh, I think it, you're right. It could be a preview to to what what might come on the last day in September. So,
1: it's always exciting to see, yeah, it's always exciting to see two new teams or, or teams that um, didn't feature in, in the grand final or even um, even prelim finals last year to really make a case early in the season.
2: Oh, absolutely. And I, I think sort of Bulldogs fans in particular have sort of been waiting for this, you know, for, for since that 2016 premiership, you know, while it, it's a completely different team now, well, not completely different, but about half the team has just about changed. Um, they're, they're playing a sort of a different style than what they were in 16. Um, I think they've added some really good players um, to their team as well, being Josh Bruce um, and also Steph Martin. So oh, I think they're well placed to go all the way this year.
1: Yeah, definitely agree with that. Well, that is just about all we have time for. So thank you so much for joining me today and um hopefully we can hear from you back on the podcast maybe towards the end of the season we can see if any of those predictions have been accurate or not
2: no worries thank you very much for having me Cheers.
0: we're back we're on to the tips for round 10 um currently i think as it stands nisha is one up if i think or you know i i know um if i didn't if i picked the bombers last week we would have been a even flat draw at the moment but i was silly enough to pick the dockers um, and you were silly enough to pick port (sighs) silly Anyway, let's get started with the Friday night game. It's at the Gabba. It's Brisbane Lions versus Richmond. Who you got for this one, Nishi?
1: This is going to be a tough one. I am going to go with Brisbane. Up at Gabba. Gabba. Home ground advantage all the way.
0: Brisbane's yeah. me. Who have you got? Uh, I don't know. He
1: can't decide.
0: I can't decide. I don't know who. To sh- I'm literally just looking at a screen that just has the Brisbane logo and the Richmond logo and going... Why? <laughs> like there's, there's fourth, first, n- eighth. Um, I'm gonna go with Brisbane as well. I feel like it's it, you just it's want to do the same as me. It's some sa- would say lead. it's a safe bet, and I'm going with the safe bet. <laughs> I don't know Richmond. Just need momentum. Looks like at half mm. the time nowadays, before so they can get the game running. Otherwise, um, if they don't have that momentum. Falling a bit flat, won't lie. Mm. Won't Brisbane lie.
1: did look very dominant over the Gold Coast Suns last weekend as well. It's so like we'll Gold give them that. It's also like Gold Coast. We'll give him that though. Um Saturday at 145, we've got the Blues versus the Hawks.
0: I'm gonna go with the Blues.
1: Yay, me too. Go Blues. Uh
0: next game for the Saturday is going to be Geelong versus uh the Gold Coast Suns.
1: You said that very weirdly. And I am going to tip. Geelong Geelong What about you?
0: I'm the same I'm going to go Geelong It's at uh, GMA G-M-H-B-A That's a mouthful of letters
1: G-M-H-B-A
0: uh, Yeah Yeah, shut up <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um. Yeah, they're a hard team to beat there I feel So I'm going to go that one there uh, On to the next one It's Adelaide versus Melbourne This is in-depth conversation here about these teams um, Who you got for this one? It's at Adelaide So how do you think it's going to go?
1: I am definitely going to tip Melbourne.
0: Melbourne.
1: 10-0 uh, for the Ds.
0: Well, Okay, well, you don't know that yet. I'm predicting I'm, it, though. I'm hoping they lose, but I also am going to tip Melbourne <laughs> because they just seem to be on the hottest streak. And again, their side at the moment is unbelievable. We're
1: very boring this round. So we far. are
0: very boring this round. I don't know if there's going to be really too many... Differences we might have. This might be no, just a not fight. after
1: our great tipping rounds last week. Yeah. We both got eight out of nine. We both like each other's...
0: Yeah. ...choices. Um, I don't know. I think just Melbourne... Like, did we have an issue with like earlier in the in the season when we're hearing about all the injuries and stuff like that? Mm. Was it that or St Kilda were worried? I think we were more worried about St Kilda. More worried about
1: St Kilda, but we did have mm. a few issues with Melbourne, Melbourne early, but they've pretty much all come back. Yeah. in terms of like their, like their key forwards, which is was Brown and Wiedemann that they were missing. Yeah, and Wiedemann still back. yet to play. Now they've got too many key forwards.
0: Yes. Anyway, the next game is gonna be the Dogs. Versus St. Kilda. I'm going for the dogs. I feel like that's quite obvious.
1: I am also going for the dogs. I feel like that's quite obvious. <laughs> <laughs>
0: what are you trying to say about St. Kilda? Uh,
1: I think everyone knows what I'm trying to say about St. Kilda. Oh. Don't try and make me say it.
0: What, what are you trying to... What, what's wrong with St. Kilda?
1: Not got a great patch of form at the moment.
0: They're very... um, Kind of like uh, Essendon. very like... Good for one game. Good for not another game. Good for one game. Maybe two games. Yeah, is that is the word I'm looking for. I'm not the dictionary. Um, no.
1: All right, Dockers vs <laughs> Swans. Who you got over in Perth?
0: I'm going to go Swans.
1: I'm also going to go. Oh Swans. my gosh! <laughs> so terrible. All right, Sunday. Who's playing?
0: Who's playing is gonna be Giants versus Eagles. Who do you got for this one? Because I don't know if we'll choose the same for this one.
1: Because you think I'm gonna go Eagles, but I'm gonna go Giants. <laughs> I know. <what. laughs> I know the Eagles don't travel well. I uh, hardly ever tip the Eagles away from home. You should uh, know I'll that by it. now.
0: You know what? I'm gonna go Eagles. Oh, very. Yeah. Very you know ugly. what? Because Dar- you know what darling, will, you know it what darling will do. You know what's gonna happen. Darling's gonna kick five in by a Haynes. quarter. Yeah.
1: So your plan is completely yeah. cancelled because Haynes is probably going to... No. Be <laughs> Although Haynes is a bit out of form, so we'll see. Could be interesting. There you go. All right. Collingwood versus Port Adelaide. Port. Will Port come out in the prison bars? That's what we really should be talking yeah. about.
0: <laughs> no, that's a terrible story. No one cares. No one it's cares. It's a jersey. Who cares? Um, um, Eddie
1: Maguire and David Kosh.
0: Oh, great. Have a have a suck battle, mate. You guys are old men. Get, get over it. Get a life. There's a lot of other things to be worried about in life Anyway, I'm going port Who you got? Also
1: also port for me
0: And Um, lastly You were saying about it before North not Within a, I'm. don't know what I was gonna say. Yeah, not no, without a chance. Not without a chance. That's the one I was gonna <laughs> say. I'm with gonna a chance. Tip Essendon. You're gonna tip Essendon. I'm also gonna tip Essendon. They've actually kind of impressed me th- their side a little bit. I'm not gonna lie. What have you been watching? I don't know. Well, I've. You've just th-
1: been listening to your dad a lot.
0: No, I think the game on um, when we went to the Carlton game, I was like, oh, you know what? Not bad. Like not great, but, but not bad. Carlton. Yeah, but I mean, I would say North are pretty much Carlton, so. Well, because they're at the bottom of the ladder.
1: Yeah. All right. We're both going to go with the Bombers. What a, what a day. Wow. What a, what a great tip. So tiff- unlike me. This is
0: so... So we only differed on Giants-Eagles, and that's because I thought you were going to go Eagles. Oh, so you went Eagles? I went Eagles. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Nice. Hopefully I can make up this point that I'm behind...
1: Uh, hopefully I can extend my lead out to two that is probably all we have time for today thank you so much for tuning in to episode number 16 um, as always you can find us on our social media uh, through Instagram at after the siren podcast and through Twitter at after the siren underscore I will admit I've been a little quiet on the Twitter lately but I'll definitely be jumping back on this weekend So please jump over there to get your updates. And you can find our personal social medias in the description as always. Don't be afraid to send us your top footy moments. And I think that's just about everything covered. Have a great week, guys. Bye. Bye.
0: Bye. (laughs)